This shit a motherfucking layup. I been Steph Curry with the shot. Been cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 22 of Curry in the Pot. Deuce, deuce. Episode number 22. I know it's been a minute. I know it's been a while. I know I, know I haven't dropped the episode since. Before game five of the NBA Finals. I know it's been a minute. I know it's been a while, but sorry for the wait. I ain't going to delay this any longer. I'm going to get right into it. So today's topics are... I got a lot, so be ready. I got a lot of topics, so I got I got a quick finals recap. I ain't going to talk too much about it. I got LeBron's legacy. Also, I'm going to talk the state of the Cleveland Cavaliers. We know David Griffin and the Cavs have mutually parted ways. Jimmy Butler, who has been the topic of trade conversation for quite some time now, and even more now, so I'm going to talk about him. I'm also going to talk about Paul George. PG-13 has been, you know, rumored, you know, to be going to the Lakers next year. Uh, the Pacers, you know, kind of handicapped themselves. We're going to talk about that. I'm also going to talk Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard has moved on to another team. Kyle Lowry got some news about him and where he may be landing. D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell was traded yesterday to the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to talk bases on that. I'm also going to talk, you know, what this means for the Lakers going forward and, and how I believe in Magic Johnson. I'm going to talk the Sixers trade, them moving from 3-1. to one, And I'm going to talk a little NBA draft. I'm going to give my top five and a couple of sleepers I got. So let's do it. So quick finals recap. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors defeated the Cavaliers in a five-game series. It was short and sweet. Kevin Durant was named the finals MVP after averaging over 35 points per game and shooting over 55% from the field. Kevin Durant definitely was the difference in the series. And I hate to say it, but I told you guys so. I didn't I didn't think the Cavs had enough firepower and I didn't think they would get enough from their role players on a consistent basis. They didn't really get help from their role players until game four when it's obviously a little too late. And, you know, I had Golden State winning this six. And, you know, I had I had LeBron at least get in two just because he's the king. And he's still the best player on the planet. Let's not get that, you know, misconstrued. I know people are going crazy. People are overreacting. But that's what people do. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But I'm here to let you guys know LeBron is still the best player in the world. But for how long is the question. Obviously, Kevin Durant has cemented himself as one of the best players of all time. You know, you know, he wasn't just a reason. He wasn't just, you know, you know, riding the coattails of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. He wasn't riding the coattails of the Splash Brothers and Draymond Green. Kevin Durant was the reason, the primary reason that the Golden State Warriors won the series. And a lot of people say the Warriors, they didn't need Kevin Durant. They just needed him off the thunder. Well, he had 35 points in the NBA Finals. My favorite player, Kobe Bean Bryant, hasn't even hadn't even done that. Shaq did though, but to average 35 points on 55% shooting is extremely efficient, and he did it on the biggest stages of them all against LeBron James, who, in my eyes, is the third best player of all time. So, I'm gonna move right along. You know, shout out to KD. You know, he got a ring. A lot of people aren't happy with it. But, hey, it is what it is. The Warriors, 
look to be starting a dynasty. So moving right along, I'm going to talk LeBron's legacy. I said on the No BS show, you know, with my colleagues, Brandon Myers, Shane Hector, and Courtney Tate, I said LeBron's legacy in my eyes, when I look at his legacy, I look at this. It's two finals that I don't really count against the man, okay? That's 2007, where they were swept by the Spurs. A young LeBron was swept by the Spurs. An obvious, you know, obvious powerhouse, you know, since, you know, the past, since the 2000s, the Spurs have been great, have been exceptional, okay? So I don't really count that finals against him. Look, it was a miracle they got there. Everybody knows LeBron. He went crazy against the Detroit Pistons. We know about that. And, you know, it was a miracle for them to be there, and they shouldn't have been there in the first place, which is why I don't really count the 2007 NBA Finals against LeBron James too much. I mean, his second best player was arguably Daniel Booby Gibson, who is not in the league anymore and hasn't been in the league for a while now, okay? So that's that. Another Finals I don't really count too much against him is the 2015 NBA Finals when he had no help around him. Matthew Della Vadova and Tristan Thompson were his best players. We know Kevin Love went down, Kyrie went down in game one. We know about that. The 2015 Finals, I don't really count that against LeBron James too much. But I do count 2011 against LeBron when he had a meltdown against the Dallas Mavericks. Jason Terry averaged more points than him in the NBA Finals. I count 20, what is it, 2014, where LeBron James was blown out by a record margin against the San Antonio Spurs. I count that heavily against them. But I want to say this about LeBron. Look, I still think he's going to be a top three player of all time. In my book, I got Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't think he'll ever pass those guys unless he wins two more rings, which I don't see happening. LeBron James is going to be 33 in December. I just don't see too much happening. And, you know, with the Warriors, what they're doing out west, and what they're going to be doing for the next few years, I just don't see LeBron James getting two more rings. But who knows? We'll see. You know, this is why we love sports. So moving right along, we know the Cavs lost in five. What's next for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Well, a few days ago, they parted ways mutually with their GM, David Griffin. I know a lot of people will say LeBron James is the real GM, but David Griffin has done an exceptional job as the general manager. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where he where he ends up next, where he lands. And I think it's kind of crazy that Dan Gilbert didn't consult LeBron before this happening. There they go doing stuff again without consulting LeBron. That's why he may leave next year. We know he will opt out. LeBron James always exercises his right to opt out. So he will opt out after the 2017-2018 season. So expect for him to opt out. I mean, I'm hearing I'm hearing LA. I'm hearing the Lakers. I'm here. I don't know. I still think my Lakers are a long shot to land this guy. And he'll be 34 if they do land him. I'm also hearing the Clippers. We don't know. We don't know. But I don't think it's I think they should. I think Dan Gilbert should have at least consulted LeBron James. I mean, he's responsible for getting you guys back to where you guys are. And, you know, what's really next for these guys? Say LeBron James opts out and leaves. Well, it was a report yesterday that Kyrie Irving said he will demand a trade 
This is just a report that Kyrie Irving will demand a trade if it gets any indication that LeBron James may leave. So you could be losing your two best players in a year span, and you'll be stuck with, I don't know, Kevin Love. You'll just be stuck. The Cavaliers, mark my words, the Cleveland Cavaliers will be back in a lottery in three years. They will be. Because it's going to be a lot of frustration. I don't know if these guys are going to land Jimmy, but they're not going to land Jimmy Butler. The Cavs players are already warning Jimmy Butler that, hey, you want to stay away from this. So they're not going to get him. Maybe Carmelo Anthony, but I still don't think they're going to beat that team out west. I don't think so. So moving right along, I'm going to talk Jimmy Butler real quick. Jimmy Butler has been the topic of, of trade talks since the trade deadline this past season. I thought the Boston Celtics, I thought if they were really serious about winning, they would have pulled the trigger, traded that pick. They ended up being number one. I thought they would have traded it for Jimmy Butler. Obviously, they've reloaded it, acquired some more picks. Would they trade for Jimmy Butler? I hope so. I would hope they didn't do all of that trading and trading back to the third spot just to draft Josh Jackson. Don't get me wrong. I think Josh Jackson can play. He has a lot of upside. Let me say that. I think he can play, though. But I hope they didn't do all that maneuvering just to just to draft him. They have like eight draft picks in the next three drafts, and only one of them, one or two of them, is in this year's draft. So I hope the Celtics do something just to make things interesting in the East because if not, if no team makes a significant move, it's just going to be the Cavs coming out. But... What do I think about Jimmy Butler? I think Jimmy Butler is a bona fide star. I, I like that he's a two-way player. I really love two-way players. I really do. They can get it done on both ends of the floor. They can affect the game in, in multiple ways. And I think Jimmy Butler does that. You know, he's he, he's a stud, man. He really made a career out on himself after being, you know, I believe it was a second-round pick out of Marquette. And, you know, he was a diamond in the rough. And, you know, he, he worked his way up. I mean, he had to overcome a lot of obstacles, you know, uh, I think he was abandoned as a child. I know he was an orphan. So just a lot of things like that that make me like the guy and I like his story. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Will he stay in Chicago? D-Wade is also opting in to stay in Chicago. That's other news. And I think that's a smart move on his part because Dwayne Wade is 35 years old. No, Nobody else is going to give you $24 million a year. So way to finesse, man. Way to finesse. Shout out to D-Wade. Moving right along, I'm going to talk Paul George. I want to talk about this whole situation with the Pacers. Then, of course, I'm going to get into the Lakers and what might happen. But I'm going to talk Paul George really quick. Paul George is a star. He's another two-way player. Like I just mentioned, I love two-way players. He's a star. He has like the fifth most playoff points in the past four to five years with 27. Averaging 27 in the playoffs. Paul George it's a really good player in this league. And the Pacers may potentially lose this guy for nothing. Let me talk about the Pacers organization real quick. Larry Bird stepped down as president. And I just don't know. I just don't really know, you know what direction they're going into. Obviously, they're going to have to rebuild pretty soon. Um, but look, look let, me talk, let me talk the whole situation. So, Paul George is reportedly hell-bent on going to the Lakers. I played the soundbite of him on Jimmy Kimmel a few episodes back, but he's it's where the guy wants to go. And 
Paul George's camp has made it known to teams in the NBA that if the Pacers, if you guys trade, if you guys trade for him and make a deal with the Pacers, this guy ain't resigning. He will just be a rental. He really wants to go to the Lakers that bad. Now I know a lot of people are saying, why do you want to go to the Lakers? Look, the guy's from LA. He has roots. And I personally love it. I'm a Paul George guy. I've been a fan of his ever since he came into the league. Uh coming out of Fresno State. The guy can play, the guy can ball. I even stuck by him when he had that gruesome uh leg injury. I stuck by the guy. The guy's a star. And the Pacers could potentially lose this guy for nothing. And listen, I hope they make the deal with the Lakers. I'm gonna touch bases on that in a minute. But I hope I will hope for the Pacers sake they make a deal with the Lakers because the longer you wait, the less you're gonna get. You're gonna get something like a Demarcus Cousins trade. When you look at that trade, they really didn't get a lot because they only got Buddy Hill, one first round pick, a second round pick. Tyreek Evans, who fell off the face of the earth after his great rookie season and Langston Galloway. And I'm pretty sure people listening to my podcast don't even know who Langston Galloway is. Okay? So the longer the Pacers wait, and the worse it's going to get, Paul George's trade value is going to decrease. I want, us go, uh, I want to stay in the Eastern Conference. Dwight Howard was traded yesterday. He was traded to the Hornets. And it's not, it's not really a surprise to me. The guy is a cancer in the locker room. The guy doesn't have the work ethic. The guy really fell off. And it's kind of sad that he never worked to develop his game, to take his game to the next level. Like, he won't even be a top 10 center of all time once he hangs it up. I know it sounded cool. When Dwight Howard re-signed with his hometown team, the Atlanta Hawks last year. I know it sounded cool. I know it did. I know Hawks fans, sadly, Hawks fans got excited over that. But why? I really don't like Dwight Howard. I'm not going to say I hate the man because I don't hate anybody. But I do not like this man, okay? He came to my Lakers. He came to my Lakers. He was supposed to be the piece we needed to contend and go get another NBA championship but this guy was lazy I know he battled back injuries I understand that I understand that but the guy he just didn't want to win he didn't have it he didn't have it okay he didn't have that killer instinct he didn't have that dog in him the guy hasn't been the guy fell off once he got traded from the magic if we're being realistic okay he left the Lakers went on to Houston I knew that wasn't going to work. People said, oh, they got Hakeem Olajuwon, Kevin McHale to work with the guy. He had two of the greatest low post scores in NBA history just in the proximity to him on the staff, willing to help the guy, and he still hasn't improved his game. How does that make sense? Listen, if I'm 6'11", 7 feet, and I got Hakeem the Dream and Kevin McHale, two of the greatest low post scores in the history of the NBA, I'm going to take full advantage of it. I'm going to be an absolute dog after a year or two working out with those guys. I'm going to be a beast. But the guy hasn't developed his game. He still does the same thing. He has a little jump hook. It's like a baby jump hook. He can't shoot free throws yet. He still hasn't learned how to do those. He's only good for putback dunks. And the Wiz- he, he was even taken out of the Wizards series early on. So I can't even say his rebounding is still that great. Listen... The Atlanta Hawks essentially gave this guy for nothing, barely anything. They traded him for the 30. They traded Dwight Howard in the 31st pick to the Hornets for Miles Plumley and Marco Bellinelli in the 41st pick. They gave this guy up, basically. 
Sorry, sorry for my little rant. Let me, let me get on. Let me get on to the next topic. Kyle Lowry. It has been reported that Kyle Lowry has zero interest in resigning with the Raptors. Now, I'm not a big Kyle Lowry guy. I'm not a fan of him. The guy disappears in the postseason, but he's been the best point guard the Raptors have had since I don't know when. I don't know when. So the Raptors may fall off. They might not even make the playoffs if they lose this guy. 20-point score, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't think DeMar DeRozan should have stayed. I, don't, I think he should have went elsewhere last offseason, but that's just me. But Kyle Lowry has zero interest in returning with the Raptors. I've heard the Chicago Bulls are looking at him, the Houston Rockets. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Moving on next, I'm going to talk about the news that had a lot of people, a lot of people shocked, including myself. And Twitter was going crazy once this happened. But yesterday, the Los Angeles Lakers traded guard D'Angelo Russell, Timothy Mozgov, to the Brooklyn Nets for the 27th pick and Brooke Lopez. Now let me let me let me give you guys my thoughts and my opinions. Listen, first, I was initially shocked. Um, I was really high on D'Angelo Russell, not as a point guard, but at shooting guard. When late in the season, the Lakers decided to move him off ball, which I thought was a great a great decision by Luke Walton and the coaching staff. I thought it was great, and I was high on his potential. But a lot of people are bashing this trade, and I'm going to talk why it makes sense, so bear with me. This trade makes sense because you got rid of the disgusting Timothy Mozgov contract, okay? The Lakers shed $54 million in guaranteed money on, T- on Timothy Mozgov's contract, and they move him on to the Brooklyn Nets, okay? I thought that was great. But first, let me, let me say this. This is partially, well, no, this is a lot of Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss's this is this is this is their fault, okay? If if they didn't hamstring the Lakers and handicap these guys and sign Timothy Mozgov and Luau Deng to these enormous contracts, which they did not deserve, especially on four-year deals, I probably wouldn't be too upset if they were signed to two-year deals, okay? Because then we, then we wouldn't have to endure, you know, this for for too too long, and. Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka, those guys are, 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 are making moves early. They're trading Timothy Moscow, getting rid of the contract. D'Angelo Russell just happened to be the pawn of that of that, you know, cap cap shed. Okay? Listen, I think D'Angelo Russell, I think he can play. Um, there were issues with his maturity. We all know what happened with the whole Nick Young fiasco. We or y'all know what happened with that. He violated the bro code. You don't do that. We all know he has immaturity issues, and he doesn't take criticism well. I've read that. But, I mean, the guy's still young. I believe he's only 21 years old, 20, 20, either 20 or 21. He's still young. And, you know, he, he obviously has a lot of years left to play in this league. But, hey, the Lakers are positioning themselves to make other moves, and which, which I'm not really upset about the trade. Listen, they got Brooke Lopez. I know he I know he only has one year left on the deal, but if the Lakers like him, they can keep him. They have his bird rights. Okay. 
Brooke Lopez, a lot of people forget about Brooke Lopez just because he's on the, the garbage new, I'm, I'm sorry, the garbage Brooklyn Nets. See, I'm still thinking about New Jersey when those guys were good. So let me not give them too much credit. The Brooklyn Nets, okay? The worst team in the league last year. They don't even have their first round pick. They handicapped themselves, but that's another story for another day. But Brooke Lopez averaged 20 points last year. You think that's not an upgrade over Mozgov? Brooke Lopez can rebound, but he can also shoot the mid-range, the 17, 18-foot jump shot, okay? The guy can play. Even though he's only, only under contract for one year, the Lakers, you know, maintain flexibility since he has an expiring contract. The Lakers did a good job there. Um, You know, I hope I hope D'Lo pans out well for the Nets. He, he might arguably be the best player on the Nets now. The Nets have guys like Jeremy Lin, Rondé Hollis, Jefferson on their roster. They got a lot of a lot of unknown guys, you know, unknown to many, left on that team. But what this means for the Lakers going forward, the Lakers have the second pick, the 27th and the 28th pick in the NBA draft. And yesterday, they tried to offer the 27th and 28th pick and either Julius Randle or Jordan Clarkson to the Pacers in exchange for Paul George, which I think is a, a trade that they should, I mean, it's not the best trade, but I think this is the best trade they're going to get. This is the best offer the Pacers are going to get. I would take Julius Randle, a rising player in this league, you know, who can get you a double-double, and we even saw triple-doubles from him last season. I believe he has four triple-doubles in his career. And he's only played two full seasons. He broke his leg in his first year. So he only played two two seasons, essentially. The guy's still young. Uh, he can play, and he's been transforming his body over the offseason. So if I were the Pacers, I would say, hey, let's take this 22-year-old guy, the 27th and 28th picks in the NBA draft. This is a deep draft. They could do something. They're still going to be a bad team, but hey, why not take it while you can get it? The longer you wait, the the less value that Paul George is going to have. And you might lose him for nothing if you don't take this offer. And obviously, with the Lakers getting rid of D'Angelo Russell, this this opens the door for the Lakers to select Lonzo Ball in tomorrow's draft. A guy that I think has a lot of potential, a lot of ups. I think he can play. A lot of people hating on him because of LeVar Ball. Hey, stop hating, man. Stop, for real. You ever ask yourself why you hating on somebody? Like, seriously, you hating on him because of his dad? Because he wants to promote his sons, because he's using the media as a tool to promote and build his brand, big baller brand. He's using the media. Like, think about that. He's using the media. I don't know if he really believes everything he says, but he's using the media. He, he's baiting the media in, and the media is eating it up, and it's only building his brand. So if Lonzo Ball comes into the league and he plays great, let's say maybe rookie of the year. But all rookie first team, the guy averages, what, 14 and like, you know, eight assists, something like that. But I think he's going to have the keys, even when he gets drafted to the Lakers, to run the team. And I think he's a great floor general, the best floor general in the draft. Listen, I think the guy's going to be a star. And he's and he's he's from California. He's from Chino Hills. This is perfect. But I ain't going to say too much. This is going to be a lost year for the Lakers anyway. So trading D'Angelo Russell is not like... The Lakers are going to make the playoffs or something. Okay, it's going to be a lost year anyways. So, I think Magic Johnson is on, you know, on the right path. I think I think he knows what he's doing. Moving right along, I'm going to go back to the East Coast. I'm going to talk the Sixers trade. The Sixers and the Celtics worked out a deal. 
for the Sixers to get the number one pick in the draft. I know some future picks were exchanged, but I'm here to talk about the number one pick, okay? The Sixers will select, tomorrow they will select Markel Fultz out of Washington. The guy averaged 23 and 5 and 5. The guy's a DMV product. He went to my high school, DeMatha Catholic High School, go Stags. And I think the guy has a chance to be an all-star in this league, okay? The guy can do a lot of things offensively. He's drawing comparisons to the likes of Brandon Roy. If those of you don't remember Brandon Roy, he was a star when he was on the Trailblazers. When he was healthy, he was he was a really good player, all-star. And he's also drawing comparisons to James Harden. I saw on Bleacher Report he's been referred to as the beardless James Harden. So that'll be interesting to see. But I think the guy is going to be a tremendous player in the league. I think he's going to be an all-star. Uh, the Sixers are trusting the process. They have a nice young core. If this young core jails you know, with, with Ben Simmons coming back, who is essentially going to be a 7-foot point guard. Don't forget the guy had a growth spurt. He's either 6'11", 7 feet now. They have Joel Embiid, Dario Saric. These guys have a nice young core. If these guys can remain healthy, in a few years they're going to be scary. So it'll be interesting to see. Watch out rest of the NBA for the Sixers. And now I'm going to talk NBA draft. I was already on that path. I think Markel Fultz goes number one. Lonzo Ball goes number two. The Celtics are instant. I think they're going to go Josh Jackson. The Phoenix Suns are also another instant team. Um, I think they're going to go Jason Tatum at the end of the day. And I got Sacramento selecting De'Aaron Fox, who I think is going to be, you know, maybe the steal of the draft. I like his defense. He's drawing comparisons to my favorite player, John Wall. And I think he's going to be really good. But some sleepers, well, not really sleepers, but some guys to keep a lookout for. I think Luke Kennard, he can score the ball. You know, Luke Kennard out of Duke, I think he can score the ball really well. Uh, Justin Jackson from North Carolina, I think he's going to be good. Dennis Smith Jr., he'll, he'll go in the top 10. I think the guy can really score. And I'm just looking for a great draft. I'm obviously going to be looking to see what the Lakers do. They have the second, the 27th, and 28th picks. I believe they're picking the second round as well. I'm not sure which number, but it's going to be an exciting time. And, you know, shout out to the players that are getting drafted and, you know, being able to live their dreams. I don't really have too much local news, and but I just want to thank my audience for for listening i know this was a long episode but i was way overdue to give you guys another episode i hope you guys enjoy listening as much as i love talking about this stuff giving you guys my opinions as well as facts and other sports news i just want to thank everybody for listening this is mike curry episode number 22 is done peace